This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox. In just a few minutes, we'll introduce you to Al Johnson, Vice President of Prevention Services with WorkSafe BC. Al is here today to talk to us about asbestos and to take your calls on how to identify and get rid of asbestos in your home. I guarantee you will be surprised by much of what Mr. Johnson has to say about how much asbestos may be in the place where you live. But first, here are some of the Top consumer stories we're following this week. And our first story is still happening. I'm looking at an email sent to the CKNW newsroom minutes ago from WestJet's communications department about the delays through the WestJet system. It's a system-wide IT outage affecting their website, reservation system, contact center, and check-in kiosks. The outage began just before 8 this morning and has already delayed approximately 60 flights across the WestJet network. And the airline adds they anticipate further delays and encourage passengers and those waiting for them to check with WestJet before heading to the airport. CKNW will keep you posted on this story and will let you know when the all-clear signal is given. More new census data released this week in which we learned our country is more diverse than it's ever been. That Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver are still the cities in which the most newcomers to Canada settle. And that after decades of immigration, statistics are now available for over 250 different ethnic origins in Canada. We also learned that over 13% of us, just under 2 million households, live in condos. Of that group, two-thirds own and the other third rent. We also learned that condo living is very much an urban thing with Vancouver, as you might expect, leading the parade with 30% of us living in condos. Calgary is next at almost 22% and rounding out the top five at a 20% tie are Abbotsford Mission, Kelowna, and Toronto. Condo living isn't for everyone, obviously, but it's almost non-existent in some parts of Canada, like some Atlantic cities and even small-town Ontario, where those who live in condominiums represent a mere fraction of a percent. Take a look around you today at the forest of building cranes across our skyline, and you'll completely understand why this city will likely lead the condo living stats for many years to come. Perhaps not the best timing in light of the 12,000 retail jobs about to be lost at Sears over the next few weeks, but Walmart has introduced a new device for shoppers that will undoubtedly be a hit and may cost some jobs too. This week at some Walmart stores here in BC, along with some in Ontario and Alberta, shoppers were handed scanners to carry along with them throughout the store. Each purchase you make is scanned and the shopper checks out quickly at either a cashier or a self-serve kiosk. Pretty easy to see the cashier taken out of that equation soon, isn't it? Consumers appreciate service, and Walmart is testing this approach with plans to expand it if successful. According to the Brookfield Institute for Innovation, retail salespeople and cashiers are among the top five jobs most at risk from automation. We'll keep an eye on that Walmart experiment and keep you posted. 
And here's a Vancouver story we told you about a couple of months ago when we had Max Rive, the co-founder of Wise Monkey, the Vancouver company that produces coffee leaf tea. This is indeed a true local entrepreneurial success story, which came from a big dream and a ton of hard work for its local founders. They developed a unique, organically and ethically sourced product, which is tea, made from coffee leaves, often discarded by growers, and introduced that product to the world. First locally here in Vancouver, then across Canada, and simultaneously online, where it quickly developed a global following. When Max was here visiting us a couple of months ago, he was just busting to tell us about the next big step, which is a U.S. distribution deal, but he couldn't because the deal wasn't done at the time. Well, it sure is now, and Vancouver's Wise Monkey Coffee Leaf Tea products are now available at over 300 stores in over a dozen states, and that's just the beginning. You just have to admire hard work and a solid business plan. Lots more at wisemonkey.com. And wise, by the way, is W-I-Z-E monkey.com. Vancouver's very own Stanley Park has been named one of the best city parks in the world by Condé Nast Traveler. The list breaks down 20 of the best metropolitan parks. The only other Canadian park to make the list Mount Royal Park in Montreal. Here's some of the description about us in the magazine. Vancouver's 400-acre Stanley Park is known as a jewel of the city and is often noted as one of the most beautiful parks in the world. The park is a natural West Coast rainforest that includes breathtaking views of the oceans and mountains. We each have our favorite season and our own special spot in Stanley Park, but I think on a day like today, we can all agree the park looks especially fabulous in the fall. Those are some of the stories we're following this week. We'll look at a few more later in the show, and we'll have a steel report for you as well. Stay with us, because up next, WorkSafe BC big guy Al Johnson will join us to talk all things asbestos. And if you live in a place built before the mid-90s, there's a pretty good chance you're living with asbestos. Okay, so now what? Well, stick around and find out. This is Vancouver Consumer on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the program. Sterling Fox with you on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. It's 2.14. Across the desk from me in the CKNW studio is Al Johnson. Mr. Johnson is VP Prevention Services with WorkSafe BC with over 30 years experience in occupational health and safety under his belt. Al, welcome to Vancouver Consumer. Thank you, Sterling. Good afternoon. It's good to have you with us and good afternoon to you. Asbestos. Now, you, you uh, aware, this is an awareness chat for homeowners and pe- well, people who live anywhere because asbestos is uh, is a problem in British Columbia. Tell us how big a problem it is. Al. Absolutely it is, Sterling. WorkSafe BC is reaching out to homeowners, to uh, any homeowner that has a home that was built pre-1990. So we're talking the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Those were the decades that asbestos found its way into homes. And so we're reaching out to the homeowners to think about asbestos before renovation, before demolition, to make sure everyone on their project stays safe. Well, you know, this the part, and again, doing a little homework, because you got got to do homework when a guy like Al Johnson pays you a visit. And there are well over 3,000 building, product, building products, Al, that contain asbestos. Everything from linoleum floor tiles, for crying out loud, who would have guessed it, to what, what, what do we, we typically think of asbestos as uh, stuff in the ceilings uh, and insulation, those popcorn ceilings that were all the rage in the 50s and 60s. A lot of asbestos in those, right? Absolutely. Uh, asbestos. 
asbestos, they called it in the day the magic mineral, and it found its way into so many different building materials. So those building materials that may be in those homes in those decades, built in those decades, those those materials like you mentioned, the, the popcorn ceiling, the shingles on the outside of a, uh, of a clad uh, home, mm. the... Um, the, 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 the roof, floor tiles, the roofing me, felt, right? the floor tiles, the uh, vinyl uh, floor tile, the linoleum flooring, mm-hmm. pipe insulation, spray materials up in the attic, the drywall taping compound, all of those materials, uh, asbestos found their way into them over the decades. And if you leave those materials alone, for the most part, not a problem. Right. You're not going to release those fibers into the air. But if you renovate. If you demolish those materials, the fibers can become released into the air. You can breathe them in and that's what can lead to asbestos disease. When did we become aware of this to the point where uh, we started changing things? We started banning popcorn ceilings and building products that contain asbestos. When did we become more vigilant. The history of asbestos and and its use and its health effects is is somewhat controversial, but I would say around uh, 1980 it was recognized, substantially recognized, that that workers can't be exposed to this. And so since 1980 uh, or so, there's been a significant focus on removing asbestos, managing asbestos safely if you leave it in place, and for the most part, those gross exposures that occurred years ago in the industrial sector to those industrial workers those pipe fitters, those mechanics, those things don't happen anymore. But now we find that it's the homeowner and the renovation contractor and the demolition contractor and those workers that may not know the hazards of asbestos or may not completely have a, a level of awareness or understanding. When they demolish homes or renovate homes or small buildings, that's where we're seeing the asbestos exposures today. Interesting. And also, even if you have an accident in your home, my son-in-law is, is in the restoration business. And part of his training, he's been at it for a long time, part of his training, Al, was a course. He had took a hazmat course to deal deal with asbestos, wearing the suits and the masks and getting certified and all of that stuff. And he told me it was a tough course to take. You really had to, they put you through. Well, there are, there are, there's a certain way to deal with asbestos and a qualified contractor, they are the people that you need to hire to, once you identify there's asbestos in your home, bring in that qualified person and they will go through the proper procedure so that they don't expose themselves, sure, their sure. workers, right. but they don't also expose the environment that you go back into. So your home is asbestos safe when you come back in to do the rest of your reno. Oh, and I'm glad we're talking renos because it's certainly become one of uh, Metro Vancouver's favorite sports in recent years, hasn't it, Al? With housing prices being the way they are, a lot of people have decided, you know, it's worth a whole lot of money. We could float a little bit of a loan and uh, really spiff the place up and live here for another 10 or 20 years. And lots of people are doing precisely that. Certainly the renovation boom is happening. Also, though, you can't drive down a Vancouver Main Street without seeing a number of homes that have fences around them and they're boarded up and yeah. they're going to be demolished right. and it's many of those homes that are going to be knocked down the asbestos has to be removed safely prior to demolition if i live next door to one of those places al that uh, is slated for demolition and clearly it's an older home likely to be chock-a-block full of asbestos am i in any kind of danger once they start ripping it apart and bringing in the big machinery it's it's very difficult to say I, again uh, the the people that are at at risk at the highest level of risk are those workers that are working in that home doing, course, that, yeah. doing that demolition. But uh, again, our, our campaign that we're kicking off right now, and it'll run till the end of the year, we want to focus on the homeowner and get the homeowner to think asbestos and talk to the contractor. So uh, in this example, that could be a homeowner
owner that lives next door. Talk to the contractor about asbestos. Are they dealing with asbestos? Have they dealt with asbestos? And, and have they done that prior to doing any of the other work? Suppose now someone's just listening to us and driving around on a beautiful sunny afternoon thinking, well, we have no plans to renovate. We're certainly not going to demolish the place. We love where we live, but it's kind of a rustic old spot. Chances are we have some of this stuff that the fellows on the radio are talking about in our home. So who do we call to find out if indeed we do and what kind of danger it potentially represents. I think the first step is to go to the website, thinkasbestos.com, and it will show you the various locations throughout your home where you could have asbestos-containing materials. Once you then, if you have those materials, and you think you might have those materials, it's a matter of calling in a qualified uh, uh, surveyor who would come in and take a sample of that material. They would then determine whether there's asbestos in there or not, and then you know. Uh, if you leave the material alone, you're not going to disturb it, you're fine. But you know that when you do get around to doing that reno or when you do get around to disturbing that material, that's when you need to take the proper precautions. And even if it's a, something as simple as, uh, well, let's redo the kitchen floor. And we're not going to touch anything else, but, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of getting faded. It's seen better days. And we'll just put a nice new hardwood thing or a fake hardwood or whatever. Uh, that old linoleum kitchen floor, tile or otherwise, may in fact be quite asbestos-laden. It could contain asbestos, absolutely. And uh, so, again, if you take a sample of that, get it sent into a laboratory, that's the only way you can determine whether it contains asbestos or not. If it does, then get somebody to remove that first before you do the rest of the work. Okay, so that's the key, isn't it? It's, first of all, determining whether, in fact, there is asbestos uh, at, at hand, close by, with whatever it is you want to accomplish, and then identify that fact. Get a professional to uh, to back you up, get an official opinion. Yeah, you have asbestos in your home. And then you're going to need a pro to take it out too, aren't you? Absolutely. And and we know that the that this adds another step to the demolition or the renovation process for anyone doing that type of work. This adds an additional cost as well, but it is indeed money well spent because it's the health of those workers that are on your site. You don't want them removing materials without any precautions and exposing themselves or their employer exposing themselves to asbestos, and certainly you don't want yourself to be exposed or your family members. If there's a worker on the site and there are there is asbestos realities that they're dealing with, are you in any kind of legally liable position? Can you be sued for having this stuff in your home that these people perhaps didn't know about when they were removing it? Well, we certainly hope it doesn't go down any of those routes. Sure. That's, again, why we're getting the the homeowner and, and, and focusing on the homeowner to ask the questions of their contractor. Think about asbestos. Talk to their contractor about asbestos. Well, you know, you can go to the Yellow Pages or the Google machine and you can find home inspectors pretty readily. And of course, with all the, the prices that people attach to houses or these days, you don't buy anything until it's thoroughly inspected by a pro. Do those people also do asbestos inspections, Al, or is there a whole different group of inspectors that handle asbestos? No, many of those home inspectors will uh, de- deal with asbestos as well and will identify asbestos as well. Again, uh, if, if, we, if, if, if it's top of mind, if the homeowner thinks to ask about it, then you'll, you'll be sure of what the contractor or the inspector is telling you. If they mention it, then, then and it's part of their survey. That's what we're asking them to do. So we had dinner with some friends of ours a week or so ago, a little condo in East Van, and that they had renovated out. They did a beautiful job.
job on this place, and they were going. It's a few years old, not ancient by any means, but it needed a, an upgrade when they bought and moved in. And they told us over dinner, it once upon a time had popcorn ceilings, and they were they were really tough to get rid of. I said, how'd you get rid of them? Oh, we just scraped them off, but it took forever. So how much at risk did they place themselves by doing it themselves? Very hard to say. You know, very hard to say whether they were exposed to asbestos, but likely they were. And again, uh, how much asbestos do you need to breathe in to cause disease into the future? Uh, hard to say as well. So there are a number of factors that are, uh, are, aren't, aren't, identic, uh, aren't exactly known mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to that type of situation. But again, the, the likelihood is that they breathed in asbestos, if indeed that popcorn ceiling contained asbestos. Right, right. The likelihood is that some fibers went into their lungs. Will they come down with the disease? So hard to tell whether the disease will manifest with them themselves themselves. But why take the chance? Sure. So again, we're asking, think about asbestos, prevent the exposure today, and then you're sure you'll prevent the exposure or the disease into the future. Is there a test? Can you go to a, a clinic and take some kind of test that will give you a, a clue at least as to whether you have asbestos in your system? Uh, again, I'm not a, a physician by any means, but the, as I understand it, the medical community, that uh, they can do tests, uh, x-rays as well as spirometry tests, lung function testing, if you will, uh, but sometimes those tests uh, indicate that asbestos disease has begun. Right. And so, again, there's not an early detection that I am aware of. Okay. So in terms of safe removal, the safest possible way is do not do it yourself. That's the safest. The safest is to think about it in advance, uh, identify whether you have any of those materials that could contain asbestos if your home falls into the, that age category, and then have someone come in and, and verify that whether you have asbestos or not, then you know, then you can take care of it prior to doing anything else. Typically, when we're going to do a reno, I mean, something that involves some serious cash, uh, and they all do, Al. It's an expensive hobby. Uh, Typically, we would look for quotes. We'd go to contractor A, B, and C, have them walk through the place, and uh, tell you what they think this is going to cost you in total. So, if a contractor comes through your home and doesn't, and your home qualifies as in it was built pre-1990 and the likelihood of some asbestos is pretty big, and, the, and a contractor comes through to give you an estimate on a renovation and doesn't discuss asbestos at all, is that the wrong contractor? It could, certainly could be. And again, uh, you, you know, whether that uh, a contractor that goes into a home of that era today should know about asbestos themselves and should be talking to the homeowner about asbestos. Uh, we have focused on contractor, this, uh, their obligations and, and their knowledge around asbestos. And so in, in that case, if they don't mention it, then we're asking the homeowner to talk to your contractor and to mention it. If uh, you get that uh, deer-in-the-headlights type look from the contractor, then maybe that's not the right contractor. Okay, so again, uh, uh, the process, it's it's with the money that uh, is being asked for these days, it's typical that we would ask for several opinions. uh, And in this case, all the more reason to get a second or possibly even a third opinion and quote before proceeding with any renovation. It certainly could be, absolutely. Okay, so again, the, uh, the, the, uh, the contractors themselves, and you did an awareness campaign earlier this year with contractors around British Columbia, especially around Metro Vancouver, didn't you? We did. So we had a campaign focused uh, to the contractor community, those contractors that are out there doing renovation and demolition type work, mm-hmm. and, and, and as well as the asbestos abatement contract 
contractors, the contractors who specifically remove asbestos from buildings. And we focused on uh, ensuring that they understood what uh, their obligations were to protect their workers and to ensure the reputation of their business. So now uh, this particular campaign is trying to get the homeowner to talk to those contractors and ask those questions. All right. If you have any questions for our guest, who is Al Johnson, Vice President, Prevention Services with WorkSafe BC, uh, we'll open up our phone lines. We're going to get a break for the news here in a minute or so, uh, but let's open the phone line, 604-280-9898. Again, 604-280-9898. Your questions on all matters relating to asbestos, possibly in your own home, and what to do about it. We're back with lots more on Vancouver Consumer after the news. Sterling Fox with you on this lovely Saturday afternoon, joined in studio by Al Johnson. Mr. Johnson is Vice President, Prevention Services with WorkSafe BC. And we're here to talk about, well, it's a, an awareness uh, show, Al, for homeowners, especially those with renovation or demolition plans. Uh, and there's an awful lot of that going on. Uh, we talked about renovation, as I said, as Vancouver's favorite sport. It may not be, but there's cert- it's certainly a popular uh, remedy for a lot of people's housing wishes these days in terms of values and moving. Um, We don't need to downsize. We just need to upgrade. And there you go. Are there more renovations going on, Al, at any given time than there are demolitions? Because right now, around Metro Vancouver, there are a lot of those buildings with fences around them waiting to be knocked over. Absolutely. Uh, There are a number of homes, as you can see them on every street, where they're ready to be demolished. And many of those homes may contain asbestos. Uh, the, The home renovation market, as you say, is very active as well and and in those renovations of those older homes asbestos could be disturbed so uh, again this whole campaign is reaching out to homeowners think about asbestos talk to your contractor about asbestos ensure that asbestos is properly dealt with properly removed prior to any further demolition or reno. And part of that, I think, Al, realistically, you've touched on this before and I, I expect we'll touch on it again. You need to budget for this, too, because if you are in a situation where you even suspect there might be asbestos that's going to be need, needed to be taken out and you're not the person to do it, um, then you're going to have to pay an extra cost. Is it hugely expensive, Al, or uh, sort of uh, what uh, you would expect a contractor to charge for the, for the service? Very difficult to say. I, I de- it really depends on, on the work being done I and, guess, and yeah. all of those factors that come into play. But But there will be costs absolutely associated with this, but it's money well spent. Sure. Uh, You don't want uh, workers themselves to be exposed to asbestos. You don't want uh, workers to leave asbestos debris around your home that's um, not been removed safely. Uh, You don't want yourself to be exposed to asbestos and certainly you don't want your family members. So it is money well spent, but it will add a cost to your reno or demo. Right. So realistically, in terms of if we're planning a reno, maybe for next summer uh, or over the winter, Uh, Again, it's a cost reality that has to be included in the budget. Absolutely. Okay. We opened up our phone lines just before the news break. They're still open, 604-280-9898. Russell in Burnaby, thank you for waiting. Good afternoon. Oh, hi, Alan Sterling. Uh, I'm on my roof right now as we speak, and I'm scraping my concrete roof tiles of the moss. There's a lot of dust that's coming off of it, and I'm just wondering... If you know, was asbestos ever used in roof, concrete roof tiles? Good question. 
Uh, the first thing I would I would say, Russell, I hope you're you're wearing fall protection because the greatest risk to you being on your roof is falling off that roof. But with respect to uh, concrete tiles, typically concrete tiles themselves didn't contain asbestos. Um, often different types of tiles would, uh, but concrete tiles uh, often did not. So it's uh, it's hard to say again. Uh, they could contain, depending on the age of your home and, and the type of concrete tile that it is, but um, uh, typically the, the what I'm thinking of a concrete roof would not contain asbestos. And so that dust that, uh, that Russell is kicking up is just the concrete dust. It would be, exactly. Okay. Russell, does that help? Yes. Awesome. Thank you very much. You're quite welcome. That's a great way to spend a Saturday afternoon. Uh, we appreciate the call very much. Uh, we're in uh, Richmond next. Sam, hello. Hello. I have a, just a general question. We have a single-family home which was built in 19... 19- uh, 92, I believe. Okay. And what is the time period? When was this, um, this this item used in the homes? Is there a time frame? So, typic- so typically, we we say pre 1990 homes. Um, but again, that that uh, so you're a 1992 home, so you're just beyond that pre 1990 sort of uh, cutoff, if you will. Um, but it's it's again, it's not a hard and fast uh, rule by any means. So it's very hard to say. Um, the likelihood of homes built after 1990 containing asbestos is much much less than homes that were built in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and then into the 80s. Mm-hmm. But we use that 1990 marker as an indicator. Sam, go ahead. Um, just to, just to finish it, um, uh, the uh, the property when we bought it, um, the uh, the uh, the realtor or the the owner, previous owner, had said, no, the, you know, they're not aware of it or et cetera. But uh, I don't know whether that is any indication or is that a strong evidence or should should do, should do I had done any type of a, a further review on it or am uh, I am I stuck now or if there is a case? Well, I think for the most part, uh, homes 1990 and beyond are uh, relatively asbestos safe. And, and again, uh, it, it depends on sometimes the builders and who did what, when, and what materials they had at their disposal. But it's, it's highly unlikely that you had any asbestos-containing materials put into your home if it was built in 1992. Sam, when did you move into your house, sir? We moved in in uh, 2015. When you uh, bought it and before you moved in, did you have the home professionally inspected? Yes. And did the inspector mention anything asbestos-related at no. all? No, he did not. Okay. Well, that uh, would be one element leaning towards peace of mind, Al. I think so, absolutely. So I think that, um, I, I uh, you know, again, to be cautious, you could go to the website, thinkasbestos.com, look at where those materials could be in your home. But some of those materials, many of those materials that are identified in that uh, at that website um, wouldn't even enter into a 1992 home, like radiant, uh, old type of radiant heating mm-hmm. or old pipe insulation from a boiler and those types of things so uh so i i think your 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 home is is likely asbestos safe perfect thank you very much for your time well no problem sam good to hear from you this afternoon and a bit of good news i'm sure a bit of a relief there for sam and again i'm just looking at this long list it's uh thinkasbestos.com is the uh workers uh, the worksafe bc website and it also you can go to worksafebc.com slash asbestos it'll take you to exactly the same page but there is a list of common asbestos containing materials and al you and i have touched on a few of them but you know stucco for crying out loud, how, how many Vancouver homes have stucco on them? 
probably hundreds of thousands. Absolutely. And well, what was what, where's the uh, where's the asbestos in stucco? The asbestos is is part of the mix, if you will. So when you look at stucco, it looks like a, a cementaceous type uh, product. But asbestos fibers were put into that years ago to give it a, a stronger uh, binding factor. Oh. Uh, the the fiber itself would would make the stucco stronger. So uh, many homes that were st- have stucco on the outside of those homes, and again, not all homes, not all stucco. So you have to think about it and take some samples and, and determine whether your home has that asbestos stu- containing stucco or not. But it found its way onto those, into that material and onto those homes. Interesting stuff. So now you've mentioned this take a sample thing a couple of times. If, again, if you're going to do demolition or renovation and you aren't sure uh, if you have asbestos in your home. Uh, uh, so you can take a sample of a bit of that popcorn ceiling or a piece of floor tile or wherever. Where do you take it to? So the best the best bet for any homeowner is not to do that yourself, but to get a, a, an asbestos contractor in. Oh, okay. Um, you, can, you can Google asbestos contractors. You can look at the Hazardous Materials Association of British Columbia has a, a listing of asbestos contractors. They will come in and do a survey. Uh, of your home, and they will identify and take samples themselves of potentially containing asbestos materials, and then they will take them to a laboratory, analyze those samples under a microscope, and determine whether there's asbestos in those materials or not. Mm. Again, if you leave those materials alone in your home and you're not disturbing them, then you're not going to be exposed. It's, It's only when you disturb those materials, when you sand the floor, when you break up the floor, when you when you chip the floor, those asbestos fibers can be released from that material into the air. Uh, okay. Uh, back to Russell's question. He's on the roof this afternoon with the radio up there with it. Uh, he talked about, uh, you talked about roofing. Some roofing materials uh, did contain asbestos. Roof felt and shingles, for example. Is felt the black paper that goes under the shingles? It is. And so, again, in years gone by, uh, often some roofing felt manufacturers would put asbestos fibers into those roofing felts. Mm. And uh, it it's added strength to the felt and it also added a little bit of a fireproofing factor because asbestos does not burn. Oh, I see. So that's the popularity, especially in the 50s, because as you mentioned earlier, asbestos in the in its heyday was really cheap and really easy to get, relatively inexpensive for contractors and manufacturers alike to include in their products. Absolutely. And in fact, uh, in days gone by, uh, decades gone by, often building codes required that you spray on asbestos-containing fireproofing oh. because it was a fireproofing material of the day that had tremendous resilience uh, to chemical resilience, water resilience, and it was a great uh, fire-resistant material as well. Interesting. This is a completely aside question, Mr. Johnson, but I'm thinking boats and RVs and campers and and those recreational toys that we love to buy for ourselves. Are there any asbestos risks in any of those? Good question. I I honestly don't know the answer to that. Again, um, I haven't heard of any of those types of uh, vehicles or RVs having asbestos materials in them. But um, certainly when you talk about boats, ships in years gone by, decades gone by, uh, contained asbestos. They sprayed asbestos 
asbestos in ships uh, extensively. Mm-hmm. And so uh, many, uh, much of the asbestos exposures uh, of years gone by and a lot of asbestos removal has happened in, in fleets and in ships. Uh, so um, as you uh, at WorkSafe BC, of course, you're on the receiving end, regrettably, of a lot of people over the years who have been exposed to asbestos, Al. Uh, were some of those people from the maritime background, the Navy or Merchant Marine or anything like that? Have you, have you dealt with people who were specifically in the naval uh, profession, if you will, who uh, became uh, uh, affected by asbestos? They're, they're, uh, we have had in the last 10 years just over 600 workers die of asbestos-related disease in this province. And although most of them are tradespersons, if you will, the pipe fitters, the mechanics, uh, insulators themselves that actually put asbestos into buildings uh, or onto pipes, uh, those are the primary occupations that have become have have died of asbestos-related disease. But there certainly may be others who worked in the shipbuilding industry as well, certainly. Um, uh, that were exposed. Right. Now, are there, uh, now it's 2017 and uh, we're, we're talking about asbestos as we perhaps should have been maybe for quite some time, but now are on the medical side of things, are there any, has, has medicine kind of caught up with asbestos in terms of making life a little more comfortable for people who are dealing with serious asbestos issues? The, the challenge is that um, asbestos-related diseases, for the most part, are fatal. Okay. Uh, so once you con, con- contract the disease itself, uh, the likelihood of, of living with that disease for an extended period of time is, is fairly minimal. As, asbestos-related disease doesn't just happen overnight. And, and so if you're exposed to asbestos t- today, uh, it might not turn into disease for 10, 20, or 30 years from now. Uh-huh. The, death, the deaths that we see happening today in this province are workers who are exposed decades ago. But uh, we know that if you're exposed, then you may develop the disease in the future. So our focus with this campaign and with everything we do around asbestos prevention is to ensure that workers are not exposed. If you're not exposed today, we can hopefully prevent the disease into the future. Are today's younger workers, Al, a little more asbestos aware than perhaps their predecessors of previous generations? Really tough to say. Uh, So very difficult. I know that uh, uh, we put a lot of uh, effort into uh, speaking with young workers Mm. out there in all sectors, in all industries, uh, and asbestos is part of that discussion. But I really don't know whether they're more aware today than than past generations or not. The key is is that we want everyone to be aware. And where the where we find today most asbestos exposures seem to be occurring is in that renovation and demolition right. of homes and buildings. So we focus on the contractor who might hire young workers. Sure. We focus on the homeowner who might see young workers at their site and we want them to talk to each other to think asbestos. Okay. So as far as now again we're we're talking about this is something that involves a fair bit of planning, but uh, a demolition, of course, is is a completely different ball game because you're you're just going to walk away. The building is coming down, and something else is going in its place. A renovation, on the other hand, you may have to leave for a, a week or two, or even a month or two, uh, but you're going to come back and occupy the place again. So it matters a whole lot more. Uh, I'm thinking again in terms of cost, Al, because this has to become a part of the reality that you're talking about. You want everyone to be aware of of, uh, asbestos potential problems. So you have to be aware of that on the financial side, too, so you don't get any shocks or surprises when somebody says, 
Well, it's going to cost you X to get rid of that, and you need to get rid of that because we're not going to do any renovations until you do. Absolutely. I think it it is a matter of um, if you identify asbestos in your home and you're going to do a renovation, budget accordingly. Right. But budget to have the asbestos removed by a qualified person so that everyone on that project then is safe, including you and your family, uh, whether you move out of the home while the renovation is happening or you might live in a different part of the home. Yeah, the last true. thing you want yeah. is asbestos to be disturbed inappropriately and potentially People are exposed, and loved ones could be exposed. Sure. So budget for it accordingly. It's money well spent. Yeah, talking about loved ones, are children more vulnerable to these uh, asbestos realities than grown-ups, or is everyone equally susceptible? I, I Again, I don't know uh, specifically, but I would say everyone is susceptible. Okay, and uh, thus becomes everyone's problem, doesn't it? It does. So here in B.C., uh, are the building codes now changed so that it is a forbidden product, Al? Uh, for the most part. Oh. I wouldn't say that all asbestos is forbidden to be put into to, uh, buildings and, and uh, that sort of thing for the building code. I, I, I don't know the building code uh, that well, um, but for the most part, asbestos materials are not being used in any new um, building or any new uh, construction. You have 20 officers focused on asbestos and buildings being demolished, and that's just in Metro Vancouver. You have 300 uh, officers across the province uh, from WorkSafe BC, don't we, you? We do, approximately 300 officers. They are they are assigned geographically throughout the province, and, and they are inspectors. And we have a dedicated asbestos team here in the, in the lower mainland right. primarily. We also, though, have other officers outside of the lower mainland focus on asbestos issues, but the the team of approximately 20 officers here actually um, work with the contractors, and where there are demolitions happening, uh, the contractors, uh, we know where those demolitions are occurring, we know which contractors are are involved, and they show up at those work sites and make sure the work's being done safely. Here's a, a strange little factoid, friends, and I learned this during the break talking to Al. Steve McQueen, legendary movie actor, a heavy smoker, did not die of lung cancer. He died of asbestos-related diseases, didn't he, Hal? That's my understanding. Again, uh, there, there was a lot of controversy, I guess. and Because and, uh, he was in the Navy. He was in the Merchant Marine, right. as I understand. And yeah. so there was talk about his exposure to asbestos and whether he died of, of asbestos-related disease or whether he died of lung cancer mm-hmm. or complications of a mixture of both of those things. But certainly that's what I understand. And, and as I mentioned earlier, the, the Navy ships and, and many ships around the world uh, contained a lot of asbestos in years gone by. Wanted to ask you about the 24-7 complaint line, which is open to callers at all times. What is that line specifically dedicated to hearing about? So so we at WorkSafe BC have a line that uh, is open 24-7. Uh, that is for anyone to call in and offer information to us, complaints to us, if they will, if you will. Um, and and uh, we respond to those issues. So uh, those those issues that come to that after hours line uh, or that complaint line, we will respond and uh, uh, officers will get that information and uh, do what they need to do to address uh, those issues that come that way. Okay, and all that information, by the way, friends, is on the WorkSafe BC website. They have two uh, two paths 
to the same place. One is called thinkasbestos.com, or you can go to worksafebc.com slash asbestos, and it'll take you to precisely the same page, which is titled Asbestos Awareness for Homeowners. Al Johnson, VP Prevention Services with WorkSafeBC, a very interesting and informative, if not somewhat scary, <laughs> chat. Thanks for coming in. It's very, very good uh, information to be able to pass along. Thank you, Sterling. My pleasure. Our pleasure, indeed. Thank you. There's Al Johnson, and we're back with more on Vancouver Consumer right after this. And once again, our thanks to Al Johnson, VP Prevention Services with WorkSafeBC for a very informative visit, and thanks for your calls, too. Next week, we'll have more on the ever-changing Vancouver real estate market with 1% Realty. Time now for the Steel Report. And today, Linda has word of a new phishing scam involving BC Hydro. I'm Linda Steele, and this is your Steel Report. BC Hydro is warning about a new phishing scam. It targets people via text message. A customer gets a text message which appears to be a notification from Interact with a link to receive a refund from BC Hydro. When you click on the link, you're directed to a website which shows different financial institutions. After selecting yours, you're asked to enter your personal banking information. Susie Hill says BC Hydro would never contact you via text and says they've received over 400 reports about this scam. This is a scam. This is not a message from BC Hydro. We do not distribute refunds via Interact e-transfer, and we would never ask for account information or communicate about account information via text message. So far, we have reports from 465 customers that they have been contacted by the scammers. Uh, Thankfully, no one has fallen victim to the scam. If you do receive a fraudulent text, contact the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre. And if you're not sure if a link is legitimate, don't click on it. I'm Linda Steele, and that's your Steele Report. Thank you, Linda. Steele and Drex, weekdays at 2 on News Talk 980 CKNW. A couple more consumer quickies before we have to go. We've talked in previous shows about the Vancouver regional bid to attract Amazon here to spend $5 bucks over the next 15 years building its new world headquarters, and what a good exercise it has been for our area to get together and sell itself to the world, as we did in 1986 and again in 2010. The other important fact to remember in this conversation is that there are 238 proposals from cities and regions like ours across North America to have Amazon drop that bag of loot on all those good jobs in their areas. We only know that uh, Amazon will make the decision next year, but in the meantime, the Calgary suburb of Balzac has landed a major deal to host Amazon's newest distribution center, where the company will pack and ship orders received from online customers. While it's not worth Billions, the new HQ deal calls for. The local folks are pretty pleased about the 750 new full-time jobs that will come when the center is open and the 150 new construction jobs getting it done. Uh, the Amazon says it will be the first solar-powered facility in Canada. They already have six distribution centers across the country, four in Ontario and two here in B.C. Oh, and just to give you some perspective on Amazon, it's the largest e-commerce retailer in the world posting net sales of $39 billion for the three months ending June 30th this year. That's just one quarter of earnings. 
Well, we told you a while back this was coming, and now Honolulu began enforcing a new law Wednesday that bans the practice of viewing a mobile electronic device while crossing a street or highway. The uh, city uh, is uh, imposing this restriction to reduce pedestrian deaths, which were up nearly 10% last year, due in part to distractions caused by people looking at their phones and, well, walking into buses. The fine, 15 to $35. First time you get a warning, it'll go up to 150 eventually. No word on such a device or such legal uh, implications for Vancouver. Not a bad idea, but can you legislate stupidity? Not sure about that one. That is our show for today, produced by Ben Dooley with Amir Ali at the controls. I'm Sterling Fox, and join us again next Saturday at 2 for another edition of Vancouver Consumer on News Talk. 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.